little bit of DMB, as Coach likes to say, bringing us into Cap Chat here today. I am Trey Walker. I am the co-host of this show with my friend, Coach Dawson. Coach, how are you, man? Doing well, Trey. How are you? Can you believe that we've done nine episodes of this thing? It's amazing. <laughs> Quite a milestone. We've really built this thing into an empire. Anyway, um, we're glad to have you in with us, and we have a lot to talk about here on the podcast today, and so we're just going to dive right on into it here with the first question. Last week against Leesville, we responded from a sloppy outing against Inlow with a more error-free first half, only allowing the pride to find the end zone one time. We were able to find more success in the pass rush, netting a couple key sacks and even a pick six from Jalen Bob, but that was in the second half. Um, but we were really able to get some good pass rush there in the first half as well. This was probably their best performance yet. What changed this game that unleashed that aggressiveness that we saw on Friday? Yeah, I think it was our best defensive game. Um, Except for about maybe five minutes out of the 48 total minutes played, the defense was lights out. Uh, they gave up a score on Liesel's first possession of the game, um, but then really stiffened up in the first half and, and shut them out the rest of the half. And then we had a rough stretch to open the second half. And part of that was um, special teams and offense um, kind of giving the defense a short field, which is tough. But they got 17 points real quick in the third quarter. And then, again, after that, the defense was – was really strong. Jalen's uh, interception of a screen pass for a touchdown was was far and away my favorite play of the season so far, to see the big fella rumbling and stumbling and tumbling into the end zone. And we had a blocked punt. Brandon Codgington blocked his, uh, a punt for the second game in a row, and we scored on this one. Um, they've just been working really hard in practice, the defense has. And I think they were pretty dialed into what Liesel was doing. They had a pretty good feel for the game plan, and they executed it well. Very proud of our defense there. They uh, definitely played really well. All right, the offense, on the other hand, recorded just 108 total offensive yards, 92 rush yards, and 16 passing yards. It was our lowest all season um, by a pretty large margin. Uh, they just looked really disconnected and frustrated out there. What did Leesville do that stalled our offense to this degree? Was it, was it them killing it, or was it uh, a lot of error on our part, in your opinion? Yeah, it was frustrating and, and probably embarrassing offensively. Not only is that the lowest total of the season, it's probably the lowest, lower than our lowest half um, of offense, and that was for a full game. Especially the second half was bad. We couldn't move at all in the second half. A lot of credit to Leesville. For one thing, they play a, um, a, a hard cover two shell, which we have not seen it even once this year, and so we struggled to find soft spots to throw the ball. Um, they try to force you to make some big plays down the field, and we had we came really close um, to completing some long passes, but didn't quite hit them. And then we didn't run the ball consistently, which we've been doing pretty well recently. So, you know, I give a lot of credit to Liesel's defense, but also we just did not execute and make plays when we needed to. And um, that was really frustrating. As hard as our defense was playing to not be able to help them out, on offense and uh, make that game what what was a close game, um, certainly for a half, should have been a lot closer, but we just couldn't do anything on offense. Definitely frustrating for sure. You uh, ended up putting Worth into the second half to get some snaps because definitely something that doesn't happen often, but uh, kind of a telltale sign that we weren't getting it done with the, the first group. At the end of the first half, we had the ball within the five-yard line in scoring position with very little time. And, I mean, uh, and we had run out of timeouts, and the clock was ticking down, and we had our normal group out there. And then on the final play, you put the goal line offense. Um, it was, I think it was, correct me if I'm wrong, fourth down. Third down. Third down. 
obviously time was going to be a factor, and the effort was unsuccessful, and the clock expired into halftime. What was your reasoning for electing to try this formation instead of the one that the normal group in, or even kicking the field goal here? Well, you know, we had moved the ball. We moved the ball okay in the second quarter. Actually, we had two long drives, and we. Let's see, we got it to about third and one from the five, so we could get a first down if we picked up a yard. And then obviously five yards would get us a touchdown. We went with our goal line offense, which we call Rhino, um, because we've been really, really successful with it all year. In fact, only once in the previous, I guess it was four games uh, preceding that, had we failed to score a touchdown when we had the ball inside the red zone with that personnel group. There was once one time against Rollsville when we didn't score. But we, you know, we scored on it twice against Inlow, three times against, uh, or two or three times, three times against Southeast Raleigh. So we've just had a lot of success in that group. I wanted to score a touchdown. Um, we just didn't manage the clock well. We used our last timeout to stop it with maybe 20, 18 seconds left, something like that, and we called a play-action pass and um, instructed the, the, the quarterback in this offense to, if it wasn't there, to throw it out of the back of the end zone. Um, that way we could, if we wanted to kick a field goal, uh, we could, or run another play, we could. And instead we took a sack, which is just a, um, a cardinal sin in that part of the field, and we're not able to get another playoff. So I thought that was the, probably the most important moment of the game. Um, I was completely expecting to go into half tied 7-7 once we had the ball down there, um, which puts a lot of pressure on, on Leesville. And we couldn't do it, and that was um, – you know, I thought that was the the the, the low point <laughs> uh, of the game. That was the biggest missed opportunity. So that was frustrating. For sure. Uh, last game, the coaching staff wore pink polos, and I think they are we wearing them tomorrow or no? We are. Yeah. Okay. So this is a this is a two week thing, um, and the players wore pink socks to honor those battling breast cancer. Was this an initiative that was started by you, or does this d- uh, date before the Dawson regime? Um. The answer is neither. Uh, I can't take any credit for it, but it, it did start last year. Uh, Coach Ron Wheeler asked me if he could do that. He's lost some family members to breast cancer. Uh, we have quite a few boys on the team who have also lost um, grandmothers, aunts, that kind of thing, to this disease. So we have a lot of people in the program who feel strongly about it, and I'm glad that we um, can do it. I think it's, I think it's a cool – it's obviously a, a cause that everybody can get behind. Uh, yeah, super cool. So we're going to be wearing those again tomorrow, as Coach Dawson just said. But the players will be sporting um, the pink ribbons on the back of their helmets also to honor those who are bravely fighting such a terrible disease that is breast cancer. Now we've got a fan question from Mr. Bob Crone. Uh, Coach Crone, obviously coached here. He did worked with the JV programs. And I know Coach Crone pretty well. He was in my Indian Guides tribe um, <laughs> growing up. So how, how, Coach Crone? But today he says, uh, you can follow him on Twitter, by the way, at Bob Crone. Uh, that's at B-O-B-C-R-O-N-E. And he says, love the podcast. Ask Coach to discuss merits of shoulder blocking versus hand blocking, footwork, balance, core strength, etc." Yeah, an interesting question spoken like a true single-wing guru. Um, yeah, I think when you, especially as, as kids get older, high school, college, pros, when you're talking about blocking on the line of scrimmage between offensive linemen and defensive linemen, guys who with the best hands tend to win. Um, the guy who gets his hands on the on his opponent first tends to win. So offensive linemen have to know how to use their hands um, 
It's all about first step and hand placement. That's really important. When it comes to tight ends, running backs, guys on the outside blocking, we do teach shoulder blocking. Um, we want them to – typically those are, are sort of bigger collisions. There's a, there's a running start, and if you go in and try to sort of patty cake with your hands, you're going to get knocked down. So we teach trying to put the shoulder through the correct hip um, of the defender. So we, do, we teach both. Big guys typically lead with hands, um, and smaller guys typically lead with shoulders. Um, and then also moving on to, we actually had two fan question sub submissions this week. Uh, like uh, I've said this before, but if you would like to be featured on CapChat, be sure to tweet at us using the hashtag AskCoachDawson or hashtag AskTrey to be featured on the show. This one's kind of an uh, uh, unorthodox one, but uh, <laughs> Coach has said before that he is an expert <laughs> on life, so we'll see what his answer to this one is. This one is anonymous, and it says, hashtag AskCoachDawson, dinosaurs, question mark. Yeah, well, maybe this anonymous... Um Question asker is aware that for many years before I was a teacher, I was a world-renowned paleontologist, and um, a lot of what you see in the Jurassic Park franchise is based on things I've done in my actual life. So dinosaurs, question mark? Um, I think dinosaurs are really important forebearers, and uh, we ignore their history at our own peril. It's very important to remember what happened to the dinosaurs so that history does not repeat itself. You know, take the good from them because there's a lot of good and noble things about dinosaurs, but also try to avoid uh, the mistakes they made that ultimately led to their own demise. What's your favorite dinosaur, Coach? Triceratops. Easy question. All right. Well, there is your uh, paleontology minute with Coach Dawson. All right, back to football. This week we host undefeated Cardinal Gibbons at home. We have talked about Gibbons before on Cap Chat. Um, they made the leap this year to 4A Cap, our Cap 7 conference for the first time in their history. Obviously, our opinions uh, sitting here talking ball has no relevance um, to their validity on our conference, but there is a group of people that argue that Gibbons access to pretty much unlimited resources and the ability to pay their coaches higher stipends gives them an unfair advantage. How do you stand on this, and how do you think it affects the competition and integrity of our conference? It is an interesting question. Uh, first of all, I, I think it's probably not true that they can pay their coaches higher stipends. I don't know that one way or the other, but I think to play in the public school league, they have to agree to sort of play by certain rules that other schools play by. Um, do they have more resources than other schools? Yeah. Um, you know, I coached at a private school for 10 years before I came to Broughton, so I've, I've been on both sides of that fence. In, in Maryland, private and public schools were not allowed to play each other. Um, I shouldn't say they weren't allowed. Um, they often, they typically did not. They could not be in the same conference as each other. Um, you know, there's a lot to consider, but I think having uh, a really good program, athletic program, a really good school like Cardinal Gibbons is in our conference is a great thing. Um, you know, I think while <laughs> I'm not really upset that we're not playing Wake Forest in football this year, it, it brought the conference down to lose the best team in the state, and I think it's good to pick up another really good football school, and they're good at everything they do. Um, if you want to be the best um, in anything, then you've got to beat the best, and so bringing Cardinal Gibbons in gives a lot of teams in this conference an opportunity to do that. Um, you know, whether it's fair or not is a is a different question, but it's not, it's not my job or the kids' jobs to worry about that. It's to go out and compete and um, it's always fun to play against somebody who's really good, and they are. 
will be interesting to see how that plays out. Tomorrow we will be hosting Gibbons at home at 7 at Broughton. Um, so be sure to come out and check out what we're all about. It will be, for the students listening, this, this is an America out. So wear your best America outfit, um, whatever that entails. <laughs> Moving on, uh, Gibbons is probably the best team we've faced all year. They come to us pretty, I mean, as hot as they come right out of the oven, ranked 28th in the state by Max Preps. You know that if we plan on beating Gibbons, we have to play nearly perfect because they're always technically sound and they're very disciplined. We talked about this today at practice, actually. How do you plan on pulling off what would be an incredible upset? Well, clearly we're going to have to play our best game of the year to do that. Um, I think we can absolutely compete with them. Uh, we played one of our best games of the year against them last year. Uh, had a couple of sort of missed big plays, drop passes that, that would have made that game go down to the wire. And um, Gibbons is really good. They're 8-0, but they've, they've had some close games too. Sanderson um, was ahead for the entire game um, and really, really should have won that game and did not. So do I think we can compete with them? Yes. Is it going to happen if we play a, sort of an average game? No. We'll get, we'll get blown out if we play average. We're going to have to go out and play our best game of the year and hope to get, get some breaks. Um, and I'm excited about that. That's a fun challenge. It's it's fun to set the bar high for ourselves. I thought we had a good week of practice. Um, the focus this week has been on doing the little things right, which is something that we've not done very well this year. We've done a lot well, but that's been one thing that where we've struggled. And um, that's what makes Cardinal Gibbons so good is that they, they're well coached. The kids do a great job of um, focusing each rep, doing their job. We're going to have to match that to have a chance. Very, uh, very daunting task ahead, but not impossible. Um, so no, not impossible and, and exciting. Uh, what, a, what a great thing it would, would be for us if we could get a win tomorrow. Exactly. Got to beat the best to be the best. Yep. Um, lastly, this is a little tidbit for our listeners. For those that don't know, Coach Dawson was actually two-sport coach at Gilman. He also coached basketball. Uh, so his basketball knowledge is pretty much almost as lengthy as his football knowledge. Coach, the NBA season just kicked off this Tuesday with um, – it was it was a crazy opening night with uh, Gordon Hayward's obviously horrific injury and just – it was regarded by many to be one of the craziest free agencies um, in a while. So it, it was a really thrilling opening night. But who are your favorite teams and who are your early picks to win the NBA championship and the NCAA title? Yeah, good question. Um, I don't watch a ton of NBA basketball until late in the playoffs. Um, back when uh, I was at Broughton and Vince Carter played for the Toronto Raptors, they were my favorite team. But it's been a long time since I've had a favorite NBA team. I love the way the Warriors play, um, although ever since Durant joined them, it's it's been less fun to watch them because they're so good. So no, nobody's going to beat the Warriors this year um, in terms of the championship. You know, It's great that all these teams are trying to uh, acquire talent, but – uh, it's not going to happen. They're too good with him. Um, the only team that's got a shot, I think, is the Cavs again, if uh, miniature Isaiah Thomas uh, can play well. Um, college basketball, I don't know that either. I'm a diehard UNC fan. Um, UNC basketball, in terms of a spectator, is my favorite sport and team to follow. Um, Obviously lost a lot of guys, won't be nearly as big inside as we have been for the last few years, so we'll have to play a little bit differently than we have, uh, make more outside shots, probably get up and down the court a little bit faster. 
which is what old Roy likes to do anyway, but he likes to do that with bigs. So they got track meet out there. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, but I'm excited about college basketball season. I love college basketball. All right, well, that uh, that wraps us up today for this episode of Cap Chat. Coach, thank you, man. We appreciate the thank dinosaur you, input, the football input, and obviously the basketball input was great as well. That's the, uh, like, like you said, life expert, man. You can yeah, talk about well, it all. Dinosaurs are important. Exactly. Very um, important. Anyway, thanks for tuning in, and be sure to come see us play tomorrow at 7 o'clock. We're at home, um, so it's, it'll be a great way for you to come out and come see us play. And uh, also, you can connect with us on Twitter, at Caps Football. That's at C-A-P-S Football. And sign up for our newsletter linked in the bio. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.